Okay, let's get started with Pasha's Korach, Tavshin Pei. And we are still two weeks, uh, for the next two weeks, we'll still be uh, one week ahead of uh, Chutzlaretz. We'll uh, join together in a couple of weeks. But we have now Pasha's Korach. And we start off, as we do often, with the first word. The first word of the Parsha, where we have Vayikach Korach. And Korach took. What exactly did Korach take? That is a good question. doesn't say anywhere what he took. So Rashi quotes, Vayikach Korach. Even before we see the question, just, just, I'll just raise a question here that I will not talk about. I don't know if we've ever spoken about it, but uh, the first Rashi on the Parsha is fascinating. Vayikach Korach. Parsha zu yafen idrashta b'medrashra This Parsha is explained beautifully in the Medrash. Rashi is like giving a grade to like, the Tanchuma this week is awesome. That's all he says. Parsha zu yafen idrashas b'medrashra b'tanchuma. So I'm not going into that, but feel free to uh, to do homework on that one. But we're going to go to the next Rashi. <coughs> he took, what did he take? He took himself to one side to split, to argue with the Eda, la'orer al ha So that is Vayika uh, Korach, how Rashi. But then Rashi calls Unkelix. He splits the ispaleg from the word plugta is a machlokas. Nechlak mishar ha'eda lahachzik b'machlokas. Right, he split away from the eda to be machzik b'machlokas. As we know, he's known as the bal plugta bar machlokas par excellence. Says Rav Zevin, maybe there's another idea that we can mention regarding the splitting of Korach. Korach took, took himself to the side. He split. What exactly did he split? Says Rav Zevin in source number one. Hemuna Bashem. Umaisa mitzvos. The two aspects of our avoda. Belief and action. Lozu bilvad. She'echad v'lo'asheni eno maspik. It's not just one without the other isn't enough. You only did 50%. Ela avzu. Without the other one, it's not even 50%. You don't have Misa without Emuna. You don't have Emuna without Misa. It's possible, says Rav Zevin, It could be that somebody believes in God. It's somebody, somebody does mitzvos. But they're not connected. One doesn't flow from the other one. It's not that he believes and therefore he fulfills. No. This is what he's used to. See, he believes and he acts, but the two aren't connected. Like somebody does acts based on habit. Or any other reasons why somebody would act in a certain way. Kigon, mitamim, hegyoniim, logic dictates, musariim, that's what the ethical thing to do is, chevratiim, social, vechayotzi, etc. But says Rav Zevin, a full, complete, mushlam, oved Hashem, not only has emuna, not only has maise mitzvahs, but has a connection between them. 
the emuna leads to someone doing the mitzvos, the mitzvos are done because of the emuna. <coughs> Says Rav Zevin, as he continues, often there are just external reasons why we might not do an Avera, or we might do a mitzvah. We might not do an Avera because the situation doesn't present itself, because it's unacceptable, but that action is not connected to my belief in HaKadosh Baruch that was Korach. Korach wanted a split. Kol ha'eda kulam kedoshim. Emuna. We're all great. We're all wonderful. But that doesn't have to translate. It doesn't have to translate into a mezuzah. It doesn't have to translate into treles on the tzitzis. And he continues. Korach is sha'amar ki kol ha'eda kulam kedoshim. In the second paragraph. V'kulam shamu mi piya he says, we heard That's all he heard? Loki Does it make sense? Is this something that I have to do? Let me try to figure this out. He was a Tamar Chacham. Mitzvos, he did. Doesn't say he was a Rasha in that way. But they weren't connected to his Emuna. Right, Chazal tell us that one of the Chosre may Archea Mochama, when the Kohen Gadol, when the gives a pep talk and says, whoever is a little nervous, whoever has this, whoever planted a vineyard could go back. So he he gives different excuses so that people who have real excuses aren't embarrassed. But one of them is the Gemara says, as we know in Sota, somebody who talks between the Chilanchal Rosh and the Chilanchal Yad. That's such a big Avera that you're going to lose in battle because you talk between the Chilanchal Rosh and the Chilanchal Yad. Not supposed to be mafsik. So the Mepharshim explain, no, Tefillin Shalyad symbolizes the Maisa HaMitzvos. Tefillin Shalrosh symbolizes the Emuna. There can't be a hepsik between them. There has to be the connection. If we do mitzvahs by habit, not based on the belief in the mitzvah, or we just have the belief in the mitzvah, without it being concretized and anchored by Maisa HaMitzvos, then we're losing more than half of the Avodah. Vayikach Korach. Korach separated. He separated between the emuna and the mitzvos. He separated between those two, says Rav Zevin. The zel ve'ispalei Korach asa pilug v'havdala beino emuna lahamaisa. Between the two, emuna lechud u'maisa lechud v'zeha ye'ikar cheto. Again, somebody once said the difference between philosophy and religion is commitment. Right? Those two. Right, if we are, you know, philosophy believes and talks in a lot of things and and could theorize about a lot of things, but tachlis it doesn't make you committed to something. Religion makes you have to do something, and that's Korach. What he was against, he tried to separate the two, and Baruch Hashem, we try to be mechaber. We try to be mechaber the two parts, the emuna and the. And the Maisa Mitzvahs. Remember, and we're not talking about it right now. Remember the Shita of the of the uh, Baal Halachas Gedolos. He doesn't even have a separate Mitzvah of Emuna. There's no Mitzvah of Enochi Hashem Alokecha. And the Ramban defends. It's a prerequisite for all other Mitzvahs. So according to the Bahag, in every single Mitzvah is embedded the Mitzvah of Emuna. After all, Mitzvah doesn't make sense without a Mitzvah. So really it's part and parcel, but that has to be part and parcel every time we involve ourselves in any mitzvah. Okay.
Moving right along, a connected thought, but a question that many that many ask. And that is, what led Korach to this? He was a Tamar Chacham, he was he was a Gadol, he knew so much. So so how did he make such a mistake? How did, how was he how did he mislead himself? How did he how did he convince himself that this is what this is what is needed? Ripsuriel in the Ocho Satora, in source number two, it's an encyclopedic work. He quotes We have so many sources that talk about the Gavos of Korach and how much he knew and what a Tamar Chacham he was on the bottom right. We have many proofs of his greatness. Right, to believe in fellow Jews, that's something great. To say that Hashem is amongst us, amongst each person, amazing. Remember the Chazal? He comes to Om Ben Peles, who Raz Ishto shall own. The wife of Own Ben Peles, who saved the day for Own, she went out without her hair covered. What did Korach do? He ran away. He's going to be Cholik on the Kahuna, and he wouldn't look at a woman whose hair wasn't covered. I mean, so obviously something was off, was off here in terms of the priorities. But you see, he followed Halacha. You see, he followed what he was supposed to do. Hare yesh bekach tznius gedola. Hinei Moshe Rabbeinu chashash pen Yashem yikabel as his amtsusam. Shoresh donish mer Moshe Rabbeinu David specifically don't accept their carbon. Moshe has to do that. Hashem would have accepted their carbon. Obviously shows that they they had some power. They had some power. But on the top left, quotes Rabbi Tzadok. What happens after the whole the whole story? They were used in the Mishkan. They were used. They weren't disgraceful. And he quotes many other Chazals as well. So again, so 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 how did it happen? Simple. It's a simple thought. Many say it. But if Suriel puts together the sources, a person can be a tremendous Bucky Batora. You know what? Let's just read it from the Gemara. I didn't give it to you, but the Gemara says. The Gemara says, Shabbos Lamad Aleph. Famous Gemara. The Gemara says in the bottom of Shabbos Lamad Aleph that, Amar Ishlakish, that's the basis for Shas Mishnayis and Shas Gemara after that. Right? Every word in the Pasuk teaches us a different Seder. Emuna is a Seder Zroim. Mitecha is a Seder Moed. Chosen is a Seder Nashim. Yeshua is a Seder Nezikin. Chachma is a Seder Kachim. Das is a Seder Taras. All six words. All six words. Different parts of Torah. But how does the Pasuk continue? V'afilu hachi, says the Gemara, you have to read the last four words of the Pasuk. Yiras Hashem Huotzaro. Yiras Hashem is the Otsar. It's the storage house that holds it all in. The Torah is inside, but if I don't have the Yiras Shamayim, if I don't have the Midos, if I don't have the the um, being of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so then the whole thing will fall apart. And the Gemara then gives a Mashal. The Gemara gives a Mashal. Mashal Adam Sharma Ha'aleli 
Kor chitim la'aliyah. Could you please bring a large core of wheat? Put it in my in my silo. Halach ve'alalo. So the shliach goes and fills up the whole silo with chitim. Amar lei. Iraftali ben kav chumtin. Did you put some chomtin in? Did you sprinkle a little bit of chomtin in to the wheat? What's chomtin, Rashi? Eretz malecho umishameretz esaperos, milhitliyah. Something like salt, like something that, that takes out the moisture. Did you put in the, uh, the chomtin? Amalehilo. Shleach says, no, sorry. You just told me wheat. Amalei, mutavim lohelesa. You might as well not put it up there. Because it's just all going to go rotten. A person can know a ton of Torah. But if there's no Yerashamayim, if there's no fear and recognition that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is in charge, then it's all, it's all going to fall. It's all going to fall. I heard an unbelievable thought. I'm going to use this again, but to try to make it part of, part of the repertoire. I heard this, though, after the, uh, I, made, I made the sheet. Uh, the Sfas Emes. It's in par- the beginning of Parshish Kedoshim. Talking about recognizing who's in charge. Sfas Emes says that we know there's a halacha of Mora. Av. Besides keyboard of Av and Aim, there's Mora Av and Aim. So Mora Av. The first halacha everybody knows about Mora Av and the Shulchan Arach, Lo Yeshibim Komo. You can't sit in your father's seat. Lo Yeshibim Komo. Says the Sfas Emes, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is our father. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is our father. Lo Yeshibim Komo. Don't sit in his seat. Don't try to be the Balabas of the world. Don't think that you're in charge and you know everything and you're going to sit and I'm, 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 don't sit in God's seat. Lo yeshe bimkomo. Zalach of Moritz. Hashem alakech atira. Lo yeshe bimkomo, says the Sfas Emes. So Korach sat in HaKadosh Baruch Hu's seat. Right? He did. He wanted to be the Balabas. He thought he was the Balabas. But that's what happens without your Shemayim. Somebody could have a ton of Torah. A ton to know everything. But it, without without the heart, without the Yira. Klomaher. Ein zemayla gedola. It's not such a great milo that a person knows to ask a kasha and a teretz and a this. That's one level. And that's great. The ikr is how one behaves and how it affects the person's life and how it, how it, it shapes us. Right, that's the end of that Gemara. Shabbos, Laman Alpha Base. Kol Shiras Cheto, Kodemus Lachachmaso, Chachmaso Miskayemes. All of the Maimar Chazal. Racious Chachma. Yiras Hashem. It's the beginning, it's what holds everything together. And Korach didn't have it. Nor did, as he continues. The Gemara puts together Doeg, Achitofel, all great Lamdanim, great Amidechachamim, Achitofel, one of David's Rebbeim, Doeg, Baalashanara. That's what we learn from Korach. It's not just about what you know. Because you know what? Sometimes we think about it and it's there's a lot out there to know. And we might even be Messiahish a little bit. You might ever think, I'm never going to get there. Whatever we learn, we have to have the packaging, or else we're just going to fall through. Turning the page, uvechen kara v'chol adomim lo. Amnam hayu chachamim gedolim batora. They were chachamim gedolim. V'yav masru nafsham l'man chasidus v'yavas Hashem. Avladain chaser le'musar halev 
And you don't even have to look farther than the Mishnah Bura, Simon Aleph. Simon Aleph and the Mishnah Bura. Mishnah Bura quotes, Sarech ha'adam lo ace lil mode, Sifre musr b'chol yom v'yom. Im ma'at v'im harbei. Something. Something. We say, Kalashon halachos b'chol yom muftach lo sheben l'amaba. So the Chafetz Chaim says, not just halacha. Not just halacha. We have to have halacha and we have to have Musa. Then he quotes the famous story of Rav Sal Salanter. <laughs> I have no time to learn Musa. I'm learning Sosa Nesivas every day. Rav Kivayger is on my mind. How can I learn Musa? So he quotes the story of Rav Salanter. Somebody asks, I only have five minutes to learn. What should I learn? Should I learn halacha? Should I learn Gemara? Should I learn this? Should I learn that? So, of course, he says that you should learn Musa. And that's what he says. Because then you realize you'll have more time. Because you'll shape your life with the newfound Yeras Hashem that you have, and in that way, uh, it would affect you even more, and that's what Korach teaches us. Okay. So what happens? So what happens? Korach complains. We have the um, reaction. Why do you lift yourself up? Moshe falls on his face. Moshe usually doesn't fall on his face. Moshe usually stands up and has some other reaction. All of a sudden, here, why Dafka was he here? More than any other event, by the Miraglim, he wasn't maybe Karu Bigdehem. But he wasn't Vayipal Apanov. So yes, Rashi quotes, Mipnei HaMachlokas, Shekfar Zeh B'yadam Sirchon Revi. This was the fourth, the fourth uh, complaint already. Where is it? Chatu Be'egel, Vayichal Moshe. Bimisonanim, Vayispal Moshe. Bimiraglim, Vayamoshe L'Hashem V'Shavu Mitzrayim. He David, the David, David. How much? How much already? A fourth time? There's already a Chazaka, according to all days. V'Machlokosa Shokarach, Nesrash Yadav. I can't do it anymore. Okay. We mentioned a number of years ago, I think, but this year, if we're just going to go out of order for a minute, I'm sorry, I'm going to go out of order for a minute, because I wanted to put this first, but I, I made a mistake. Go to source eight for a second. The Kutzker, the Kutzker says on the fourth page, it's not just a fourth complaint that Moshe is like, enough already, it's cumulative. It's enough already. It's not just a fourth that it was the Egel and the Misonanim and the Miraglim and finally here. But it says the Kutzker in Emes Vemuna, Pirish Rashi, Mibriyam Machlokas, Shkrabi Adam Sirchan Revi, Chatub Egel, etc. Says the Kutzker, no, and I think others say this too. Or maybe they quote the Kutzker. Af Shaboshu Rabbeinu Himlis Ba'ad Yisrael B'maiso Egel, Moshe Rabbeinu already said, Maiso Egel Hashem, forgive them. What was his Svarah according to some sources? How did Moshe get out of it? Because the Asaras Adibros started off in singular. Or are in singular. You know, Moshe told the I thought you were talking to me. They thought you were talking to me. So you can't punish them for the Chaita Egel. That was, it was singular. It was me. They heard that They thought it was just Moshe Rabbeinu. So that worked for a little while. Until Korah comes along and says... 
everybody's Kadosh. Everybody has a relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and everybody heard it at Sinai. So now Moshe is stuck. Because now HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, ah, so let's go back now to Cheta Egel. Nisrash Yadav, not stop because it's a fourth problem, a fourth complaining, but one is Megale and undermines Moshe's excuse by the first one. Okay, that's a harifus of the uh, of the Kutzker. But now let's go back to earlier source. Source number four. He falls on his face. So the Gemara asked this question. Sanhedrin Kofiud. How? Why did he? He had nothing to say. He just falls down. Mashmuashama. What did what did he hear? Vayishma Moshe. Moshe heard something. Right, you also might like read the question of the Gemara as it says they came to Moshe and Aaron and they told them. Why did the Torah have to tell us? And they heard. Of course they heard. The Torah says they were spoken to. So it must be that they heard something else. It must be there was something else that was said that's not in the text. So the Gemara says, two days. Whoa. They accuse Moshe of not being faithful to his wife. Moshe Rabbeinu. Wow. Based on the Pasuk in Tehillim. Each one of them warn their wife not to be alone with Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu. That's what Moshe heard by Yipal Aponov. An outrageous, outlandish story. Moshe does not answer. Moshe does not answer. Why not? Why doesn't he just say that's crazy? That's ludicrous. Right, why does... What exactly is Moshe Rabbeinu's reaction teaching us? Says Rabbi Frand in these uh, Safer Power of Avar, turning the page. Says Rabbi Frand, after quoting the Gemara, line 11. <laughs> now imagine being Moshe Rabbeinu and hearing the people you cared for so patiently and selflessly accusing you of such vile acts. What would Moshe say? You ungrateful, disgusting people. After all I've done for you, sometimes parents out there might feel that way. You know, after, you know, I once had a book. Someone once gave me a book a number of years ago. I think the title of the book is like, you know, something like, I hate you. Could you please take me to the mall? You know, like they said, a book dealing with teenagers. That was the, it's a secular book out there. But you ungrateful, this guy, after all I've done for you, this is what you accuse me of? What was Moshe's reaction? Nothing. He leaves. He takes his tent out of the machane and leaves. Moshe picked up his tent and went out to quell the allegations. Moshe did the hardest, but also the most effective thing to do when someone picks a fight. He walked away without uttering a response. The only way to knit machlokas in the bud is just to keep quiet. It's very hard. It's very hard. 
he quotes a story of a friend of his that had a personal rule that he imposed on himself many years ago in the rabbinate. If the congregate accuses him of doing something inflammatory, disrespectful, he doesn't say a word. No answer. No answer. Invariably, the next Yom Kippur, or maybe five or ten Yom Kippurs, the congregant will approach him and apologize. It takes tremendous strength of character to remain quiet in the face of an attack. Especially when the charges are outrageous. But that's the only way to avoid machlokas. That's the only way. Whether it's, whether it's friends, whether it's spouses, whether it's parents and children in either direction, whether it's shulmates, you need two people to have a fight. So if one person starts, the only way, the only way that it's going to simmer down is by the other person not saying a word. And he quotes an amazing thought of Shlomo Zalman Oyerbach. Shlomo Zalman says on the Pasuk and Tehillim, on the right side, I am deaf, I am like a deaf person, I do not hear, I will not hear, and like a mute, he will not open his mouth. Answer Shlomo Zalman, why does the Pasuk switch from first to third person? I am like deaf, I do not hear, and then, like a mute, he does not open his mouth. Is it I or he? Says Rosh Hashanah Zaman, it's talking about two different people. If I'm getting screamed at, and I, Ke'ilu, make it as if I'm deaf, as if I don't hear and I don't answer, so then the other person won't have anything to say. And he won't open his mouth, because it'll be over. It'll be over before it starts. Ke'chei <laughs> lo eshma. I make myself deaf like I don't hear, I ignore, I leave, then the other person will be mute, he won't open his mouth. Because he has nobody to fight with. Nobody to fight with. If a person, and anybody who knows Rosh Hashanah he never fought. If anybody tried to accuse him of anything, he lived this. He lived this. And again, I think we mentioned a number of years ago, the Bali Musar pointed out from a Mishnah in Meseches Maisras, in Source number 7. Source number 7. The Mishnah tells us in Meisras that there are two types of... Well, let's go back for a second before I mention the Mishnah. <laughs> the Pusik later on. Pusik later on in the Parsha says that towards the end of the episode, they take Aaron's staff, Mate, they put all the staffs in the middle, and they go to the next morning, and lo and behold, Aaron Akoin's staff is the one that blossomed. Vaya <laughs> The Pazik says later on in Perak Yuzayin, and they go the next morning, There were almonds, there were blossoms and almonds. And asked the Bali, Musr, the Mepharshim, why dafka almonds? Why shkedim? Why shkedim? So there is a thought. The Mishnah says in Maestris now, in source number seven, there are two types of shkedim. Ones that start off bitter when they're small and become sweet when they get bigger. Or ones that start off sweet when they're small, but when they're ripen, they get bitter. And you're only chayv in maestris when they're edible. That's what the Mishnah is talking about in maestris. A, we might call it a dry halachic discussion. Hachayev b'shkedim hamarim patr mimzukim. The almonds that are obligated 
Potimim betukim, hachayim betukim, potimim marim. Two types of two types of almonds. That's shkedim. So some of Farshim explain. Machlokes, one could have two reactions. We could fight right when we when we're accused, and we could put up a good fight, and we could feel good. It could feel good. It could feel sweet. But later on, it's going to be bitter. Later on, we're going to regret it. Later on, we're going to wish it didn't happen. That's one shkedim. The other shkedim is bitter right away. It's hard at the beginning. It's hard to be bolea piv. It's hard not to say something. It's bitter. But if a person could do that later on, it's it's sweet. It becomes sweet at the end. So whichever one it is at the beginning, it's the opposite at the end. That's why Aaron Cohen's staff, which is a is a zikaron, it's a it's a reminds us of the machlokes of Korach. Maybe it also reminds us of Moshe's reaction. Reminds us of what Moshe Rabbeinu did in terms of quelling. What did he do? He didn't argue. That's what he did when these outrageous accusations took place. But again, this is this is the godless of Moshe Rabbeinu. Okay. Source 9. Let's continue. So Moshe Rabbeinu, after he tried to make Shalom, right, he sent to some of the people involved, trying to get them to come back to his side. And then he gets angry and he talks to Hashem, though. Doesn't talk to them. Rashi, That's interesting. Vayichar sounds like angry. Rashi, nitztaer. It pained him. It pained him. Don't think that this was a personal anger. Moshe Rabbeinu was in pain. Don't accept their mincha. After all, after all, what are they doing? I never took one of their donkeys. I never put it on the business expense. How would we translate that? I wasn't bad to any of them. I wasn't evil to any of them. That's such a compliment. I didn't do bad to any of them, says Moshe. We could have expected a little more than that from Moshe Rabbeinu. If a leader doesn't do bad to the people, that's about doing good to the people. What's the emphasis of Elohariosi Esachad Mehem? So if you look in the Tosefes Bracha, the Baal Torah Tamima, Lichora, Ein Lehispa'er, Bibinias, Asosra Aladam. What's so praiseworthy? That oh, he didn't he didn't do evil to any of them. There's no shevach in that. It's not great. Everybody has to do that. Every pasha Jew can't be bad to another. Somebody does evil. Somebody puts a michshol in front of their friend. So that's not good. How was it? What's Moshe praising himself for, so to speak, to HaKadosh Baruch Maybe there's another understanding. We mentioned something like this in a Haggadah year, maybe 15 years ago. 
Mishum Dilafia Muvan Min Halashon. Velohare Osi Esachan Mehem. Where many of the thoughts in the Tosefa's Bracha are word issues, are linguistic details. And this is one of them. He says, What does it mean, Velohare Osi Esachan Mehem? Shalo Asa Ra'a La'achan Mehem. Hare Osi is Hifel. The hay. So I didn't cause them raw. It could be I wasn't bad to them, but it also might mean I didn't cause them to be raw. Lefi muvan zeh lo yuduyak halashon es achad mehem ki lefi mishpat halashon bemuvan zeh. If it meant that I didn't do evil to any of them, hayetzarech lomar v'lo harayosi leachad mehem two any of them. Because that's what it's going on. Like Lama Hariosem Li. Velo Lama Hariosem Oti. Es Achad doesn't sound like it's two, but it's about. So what does it mean Velo Hariosi Es Achad Mehem? I wasn't bad to any of them. That's what it should have said with Alame, but it doesn't say that. So what does it mean Hariosi Es Achad Mehem? I wasn't bad Es Achad Mehem. They're the object there's one other time. And what does that mean? The Midrashim explain that the Mitzrayim, they didn't care about us, but they cared about public opinion. They were the most civilized nation in the world at that time. It wouldn't look so good if they were just like torture a nation. It wouldn't look good. You know what they had to do? And all of our enemies in history have used this through World War II. All our enemies have used this. You demonize the Jew. You you kind of convince that the Jew is not really they're they're subhuman, if at most. That's what the Mitzrayim did. Vayareyu osano Mitzrim. They made us. They made us. Rea, they made us uh, bad, evil. So what the Mitzrayim did is that they made us feel, they made us in the eyes of others, Ra. Says the Tosefus Bracha, Hechelu HaMitzrayim La'anos Es Yisrael, Ratzu Lasi Yischov Az Yosher Shal Maaseyem Lefnei Anshei Tevel. They wanted to be Yotze, the public opinion, because they thought, if they just torture a nation, then forget it. Make them subhuman. Make them lowly, so then already, then already could be easier. So maybe that's what Moshe Rabbeinu said. I didn't make anyone, any, any of them low. I didn't, I wasn't evil about. That's not lit. But Esachad Mehem, and that's what Moshe Rabbeinu was saying. He treated every other Jew as an equal, as someone with Selim Elokim, gave him the proper kavod, and in that way, that's Velohari Osi Esachad Mehem. He was machshiv the other person. He was machshiv the other person. Okay. Um, good. So let's talk a little bit about also, besides the machlokas elements of Korach, to try to appreciate what Korach was kofer in. As we will see, says the Shemi Shmuel, 
said the Shem Yishmuel, with background of, there's uh, an Arachayim HaKadosh, which we're not doing, but he says on line 10, V'yeshlomar o l'fidarka, ha-chatoim b'nei baksa chadadinu, the chatoim of the Meraglim and of Korach, they're one right after the other, and really they build on each other. They build on each other in terms of, of, you know, kfira, let's call it. Chetam Meraglim hayachisaron emuna b'ashem. The Chetam Meraglim was a chisaron of emuna in Hakadosh Baruch Hu, His promise. Vikan hayachisaron emuna midivrei Moshe avdo. It's not believing Moshe. Hashem and Moshe. Al hipoch mashakasa vayaminu b'ashem v'moshe avdo. Exactly the opposite of what happened at Kriyas Yamsuf. That's what happened here. V'nechshav chet ha-meraglim chisaron emunas betorah shebechsav shekasabohem p'nusu lachem and you can handle it. V'chet ha-deskorach nechshav chisaron emuna betorah shebalpeh. So if you put them together, Korach was kofer in both parts of our Torah. Torah shebechsav v'torah shebalpeh. Remember the the uh, the ger who asked Hillel and Shammai, how many Torahs do you have? Two. So now Korach has just been mashlim, the kfira that the Bnei Yisrael had earlier, not only in Torah Shebechsav, but also in Torah Shebaopeh. So that's how the, those, the chatoim connect to each other. Torah Shebechsav, Torah Shebaopeh, but then there's a third element also. A third element also. And that Rabbeinu Bachai adds to our discussion. Not only Torah Shebech he points out it was very personal. It was very personal. We know the Animamins have, Animam Shlema that we believe in the Torah, Lote Mochlefes, but there's another Animamin that they were kofer in. Rabbeinu Bachai points out that the Shem Yudke Vavke is the name that's used throughout the story. Source 5, in Bria Yivra Hashem, Hizkir Lashon Bria, Shumar al Messias Yeshmi'ayin, okay, that the Ramban also talks about, Bria and Yitzira, Bria is Yeshmi'ayin, something from nothing, Ubalahoros, Kihaya Hapela Benez Gado Hayekapela Chidesh HaOlam. Right, it was like Bria Saolam. That's why Bria is used. Venira Kihaya Hakasev Ra'uilo Marvin Bria Yivra Elokim. If you think about it, when they were punished and the ground opened up, it should be Elokim, Midas Hadin. Now, Yudke Vavke, Kalashon Bereshus Bar Elokim. Kizos Bikesh Moshe, Shatia Midas Hadin, Metucha Kenegdam. Because Moshe Rabbeinu was asking for Midas Hadin. Kenyan Shinamar Patsa Hadam, Espio, Balo Osam Vachulu. Why does it say Yudke Vavke? Throughout the story. Says Rabbeinu Bachai, one of the great Rishonim. Yudke Vavke is the Shem Hashem that's associated with Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu's whole existence of the Tzias Mitzrayim, of the Makos, of Kriyas Yamsev, who was all about Yudke Vavke, Hayahovev the Mashkiach, the one that's involved all. Ko Mishpato Shal Moshe, Bechol HaTorah, Shalom Yazkir B'Dvarav Kiyim Shema Miyuchad. Moshe, that's the name that he always mentions. Vohinyan. Right, like the beginning of an arrow. Shmi Hashem lo nadati lohem. Vo'inyam ebnei she'ein nevi'uso v'shlichuso, ala b'shem ha'miyuchad. Moshe Rabbeinu had the clarity of nevuah, 
as we know, the four differences between Moshe and all the other Nevi'im, and that's represented by Yudke Vavke, the Shem HaMiyuchad, the Shem Hashem, the different levels of Shem Hashem. But that's the Shem HaMiyuchad, and that was also part of Korach. Not only Torah Shebech Maraglim, not only Torah Peh, Korach and Kahuna, but in the uniqueness of Moshe Rabbeinu. And he, Moshe Rabbeinu, as a Navi, different than all, and that's why when Moshe Rabbeinu talks about the... Again, this isn't a personal thing, but this is what he knows. HaKadosh Baruch Hu needs to prove. Because if Moshe Rabbeinu is not believed in, then the whole Torah and the transmission of it is faulty. And therefore, over and over again, Yudke Vavke is used and Yudke Vavke is used. So, Torah Shevichsav, Torah Shevalpeh, and Nevuas Moshe Rabbeinu, those are the kfiros that Korach violated. Okay, one final thought for the evening. Again, a little bit, a little shorter because we started a little late. One final thought from Rabbi Pelkovitz's Safer Table Talk. So if you look at the whole Parsha, we have a whole story of Korach, and we know they got swallowed up by the ground. What is the reaction after they got swallowed up? What happens? B'nai Yisrael say Hashem hu alokim, like they did on Har Carmel. No. Fire comes down, and they start complaining. They're like, "What did you do? It's unbelievable." B'chal Yisrael start running, and they complain. By Yilonu, Koladas b'nei Zemacharas, Hatem Amitem Azam Hashem, crazy, unbelievable. What? What? That's the reaction. So what happens then? Hashem says, okay, enough. And a plague starts coming. And what happens after the plague? And Aaron Cohen gets victorious, and the plague is stopped. What happens then? Still doesn't seem like it's finished. Doesn't seem like there's closure. Until the Mate. Until the Mate. Hashem says to Moshe, Take the mate, bechulu, shem aron, and it grows and it blossoms. Why didn't the first two episodes work? Right, the ground opening up is not good enough. That's not enough of a hashgachas Hashem out in the open. And the plague, and they see the Torah, and they see the Torah saves them. What exactly is happening? Cesare Palkovitz, you know what you see from here? <laughs> he doesn't quote it, but I'll quote the Pasuk in Zechariah. Lo b'chayo v'lo b'koach ki im beruchi noam Hashem tzvakos. Inspiration doesn't always come from the miraculous or from the astounding and amazing. Even Kriyas Yamsuf didn't last, if you remember. Didn't last to the end of the Aliyah. Cesar Ipelkovitz, what lasted was seeing from within growth, spiritual prosperity, blossoming. That's what makes it a lasting impression. Not banging somebody over the head. Not hitting. Even a Baruch Hu's hitting, which they needed. The catastrophe was not sufficient to convince the people 
that authentic and, le- and legitimate leadership belonged to Moshe and Aaron. Only after the Mate. Why? Because miracles don't have a lasting impact. They may capture the attention of people, arousing man's marvel and amazement, but they do not engage the mind or captivate the heart. Nor do they convince people in any lasting... Turning the page. Fashion. The Hulu. <laughs> time and time again. What gets people? The hearts of the people are not captured by punishment, but are captivated by the growth and productivity of the exponents of a religious or political ideology and philosophy. That's the symbol of the growth and the blossoming on the mate. It's soft. It's happy. It's positive. And that's how we raise people up. And that's what causes a lasting impression. Right? Our generation, for sure. Right? Yira and Ava, it's all about Ava. Like the Chazonish writes in Ilcha Shechita, Aleinu lekablam lekarvam ba'avosos ha'ava, with the ropes of love that he talks about. When he talks about the Amumar bizman But we have to do our best to be able to inspire. Again, they had to be punished. HaKadosh Baruch had to do it. But that didn't inspire the rest of the Am. For that, we needed something positive, something softer, something maybe a little more nuanced that they had to recognize. But once that happened, there was no more complaining. And then Jewish history continued as they continued their travels through the Midbar. Okay, we'll have to stop here. And let's next time we will pick up with Chukas and Balak separately here in Eretz Yisrael. Uh, but um, we'll be together and then we will continue. Okay, we will stop here.